We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we're talking about this basketball game. Uh, hopefully you guys watched it because, you know, it's it's easy to forget how much fun college basketball can be. That's not the right word. That's not the right word. It's easy to forget how college basketball doesn't always have to be really stressful. Um, it, it's always fun. Like, the stress is kind of the fun part, honestly. But... These Oregon State games, we've had two of them in the past week or so. It's a nice little change-up, right? Like uh, a couple 20-point wins, just sit back. Everybody's knocking down shots. The The rebounding's good. And there, there's still things to clean up. But ah, Buffs win 90-64. to 64. What a time. What a time to just sit back, listen to what Bill Walton has to say, Um I, I love that man. I really love that man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everything went well. Everything went well. Um, I don't think this is going to be too long. We might actually talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. We'll also have to talk about these uh, next couple games over the next couple days, too. Um, but, you know, there, there's really three players I think I want to talk about tonight. Um, first of all, Jabari Walker and... Honestly, this will be pretty quick because I don't have a whole bunch of new things to say about him. 
Um, it's just that he kept playing good basketball like he has recently. Um, 24 points, that ties his career high. Uh, 15 rebounds, that's a new career high. He did have the four turnovers, and that's really like the only thing is, you know, he's he's had this, this little penchant to, to turn the ball over. But, I mean, that kind of comes with the territory as well, right? Like if you're playing through your power forward, you're, you're putting the ball in the six foot nine guy's hands that much, you're going to see some big turnover numbers. You know, if you're going to make somebody a high usage player and keep the turnover numbers low, you're probably talking about like a point guard. And so while you definitely need to get those numbers down, um, like over this next month or so, if you're going to try to make a run at this Pac-12 tournament and get into the NCAA tournament, he's playing really well. And if you're getting too hung up on the turnovers, then I think you're missing out on a lot of the really good things he's doing. Um, he seems he seems more engaged, and you know I I always I don't like saying things like that about players like that they seem disinterested, they seem like they're not trying or, or whatever because that's not that you're making an assumption right, and that's a, a pretty like big big thing to say that that they don't care that they don't have effort whatever um and, and some of that i think can come down to just knowing how to give effort you know kj always looks like he's playing really hard but that's because he sprints everywhere he goes and there's plenty of times where he'd, he'd probably be better off not running so much and maybe slowing things down a little bit um, but you know if you're the guy who gets into trouble by going too fast People like you better than if you're the guy who gets into trouble not going so fast. Um, you know, I think you see it in the NBA, too. I think it's easy to say, like, they don't play defense. Like, they don't try on defense like the regular season. And there, there's some of that. But that a lot of that is just, like, the, the star players and not necessarily just up and down the roster. Nobody's giving any effort. Because I think that that's another one where, you know, there's that double-edged sword where, you know, you want one thing, but you also praise the opposite. You know, you say you you want it to look like you're trying really hard. You want to be able to see the effort. But also, the best compliment you can give somebody is that they make it look easy. You know, you hear it over and over again during the Olympics. Somebody's going down like the half pipe or whatever, and like, look, it's like he's not even trying. It's like, well, what do we? And so, this has been a long tangent, but the point is, Jabari. He definitely looks more active recently, and I don't know what that is, um, but I do think that it's translating to more consistent production. And I mean, what he's he's hit double digits in like ten straight games now. Uh, he's he's shot fifty percent or better from the field in four of his last five. Uh, three triple or three double doubles in a row. Uh, twelve? Is he at twelve? I think he's at. No, I think he's at 13 double-doubles on the season now, which is the most in the Pac-12. Again, 15 rebounds tonight. Um, it's, it's easy to look like you're giving effort when you're grabbing 15 rebounds. Uh, but I, I just... I don't have much new to say about it, right? Like, Jabari did what Jabari's supposed to do. He, he knocked down threes. He got to the rim and finished. He made a couple nice passes. He turned the ball over a little bit too much, but that comes with the territory um, a block in there as well it was a loud block too it, it was a weird one because you know it was kind of in the post he's coming over to help from the opposite side and the guy's like putting up this kind of like hookish shot layup I guess I guess you'd probably call that a layup um, but it comes out of his hand it feels like super early 
And so Jabari just gets to line it up and gives it the big volleyball swat into the ground. Um, and that was early on, too. That was early on. And, you know, I, I think it's unfair to say, like, that set the tone for the game. But it uh, it was a part of this early stretch where it became pretty clear that Colorado was the better team. Again, yeah, not a surprise. We watched these two teams play last week. But you never know, especially when you're on the road in college basketball, especially when you're a college basketball team with so many young players. Um, the Buffs did show up and played really well, though, and that's exciting to see. Uh, I think that, you know, I guess in terms of, like, the big picture with the game, the Buffs built a lead going into halftime. I think they were up 44-32 at half. And um, Oregon State made, made a decent run in the second half, I think with... 10 minutes left maybe the the beavers had cut it to within five um but let's see what's this the last eight minutes of the game colorado outscored them 21 to 5 uh, there i think there was a 17-0 run in there let me double check on that because that's a big number i don't want to give you bad big numbers uh largest run yes yeah, 17 to 0 largest lead 27 wind up winning by 26 they closed that game really well um I guess real quick on KJ Simpson, wasn't his best game. Uh, he he struggled a little bit in the first half, and I'm, I mean it's not like he was terrible. He was two of four, four points, had a couple turnovers in there, and those are kind of what stole the show, I guess. Um, but in the second half, he scored a little bit more. He cut down on the turnovers, grabbed some rebounds, and um, he he was a big part, I thought, of kind of engineering that run there that. I, it sealed the game. You didn't need the whole run to seal the game, honestly. Um, so it's like if you were contributing to the second half of that run, it's like, okay, thanks for doing that. But also you're up 15 with three minutes left. Like that's not sealing the game. That's uh, that's garbage time at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, again, just solid effort. Do we want to dig in? Let's... Real quick, I do want to say I do like listening to Bill Walden. I love that there was like a a Lady Grizz shout out. You don't get those very often. Um, Jocelyn Tinkle, Wayne Tinkle's daughter, is now coaching on the Montana women's staff, which is a lot of fun. I've been fired up about that, obviously, because that coaching tree. And like, I feel bad for Wayne Tinkle. Obviously, like being the Montana guy here, I love Wayne Tinkle. Like he was my childhood. As uh, in terms of college basketball, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't like locked into college basketball as a kid. But if I was watching college basketball, it was uh, Montana, and what he was there, 2006 to 2014. So I was born in '97. That'd be from the time I was nine until the time I was 17. He was the head coach. So again, it just like it was kind of like Mike Shanahan with the Broncos. It's like who's the Broncos coach? Mike Shanahan. Who's the the Montana basketball coach? It's Wayne Tinkle. Um, so I was really excited to see him go on that run last year. I get the hate. The Beavers are 3-20. and 20. That's kind of the elephant in the room with all these conversations. Like, the the Beavers aren't that good. And uh, this is probably what should happen in this game. At the same time, I think Colorado was only favored by like 4.5 points or something like that. So you're still impressed. But, uh, you know, this was this was just a don't-blow-it game. Because they, they had no business losing this game, um, even though it was on the road, and even though they are so young. Um, I've got some thoughts on uh, Tristan De Silva that I'm excited about. Luke O'Brien played the best game of his career so far, and that's really exciting. 
First, though, want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, we love Breckenridge Brewery for a bunch of different reasons. Um, the, the big one, though, is that we drink a lot of their beers, and it's really good. Um, whether you like the Strawberry Sky, the Mango Mosaic, Mountain Beach, uh, Broncos Country, Hoppy Pale, like, it's all good stuff. On top of that, they really do a lot to support us as well. Um, like, obviously, sponsoring this podcast, sponsoring a bunch of the other stuff that we do, uh, sponsoring the tailgates, all that sort of stuff. I, I think it's probably pretty safe to say that DMVR would not exist, at least not in this form, um, if, if not for the help of Breckenridge Brewery over the past few years. Um, so we really appreciate that. The best way to support us at DMVR, well, first, I mean, you could get a membership and get access to our Discord and read the stuff and all those things. Um, get a big beer for the size of a small beer or price of a small beer at uh, the DMVR bar. For the size of the small beer would be a terrible beer or terrible deal. Sorry, it's kind of late already. Um, but the, the second best way to support us is to support our partners, um, so that they keep supporting us. You know, it just the money gets to us eventually. Uh, so if you're looking for beer, go to Breckenridge Brewery. Um, whether that's the actual s- shop that they have in Littleton, the the farmhouse out there, the the whole campus they have out there, or whether you're going to a grocery store, liquor store, uh, buying a pint. It, uh, at a bar, whatever. Um, they, they support us, and so we hope that you will support them. Uh, also, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays, get to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. More legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet just $1 on any NBA team. You'll get $150 in free bets if they win. It's promo code DMVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, like I said, I want to touch on Tristan DaSilva next because, I, I mean, Luke O'Brien might be the most exciting from tonight, um, but Tristan... He's turned into just such a consistent player for Colorado. And like Jabari, he, he can have some turnover issues or those creep up. Um, but outside of that, he's been really, really solid. And some of those numbers I brought up with Jabari before, I was only looking at those because I had just been digging through Tristan's and wanted to compare. You know, in the first 12 games of this season, the first 12 games, Tristan scored... 10 points, four times. Four of the 12. There are eight where he didn't. Since then, there have been 11 games, including tonight. He scored 10 or more points in nine of them. There's two of the 11 he hasn't. And that's just like a a sign of the growth that we've seen from him over the course of the season. Um, He's become kind of that offensive force that, honestly, I expected him to be earlier this season. And, And... Actually, I was going back and watching some of the highlights from the Oregon State game last time the Buffs played at Oregon State. Um, So, I mean, that was last year with McKinley Wright and 
Jabari Walker, or sorry, not Jabari, Jariah Horn, the J, J words. Um, but, but I mean, you go back and watch all that. One of the things that stands out is just like, Deshaun, Deshaun Schwartz was really good. You know, you give him the ball, he's just so silky and could get to the rim. He could knock down shots. He could do so many different things. And yeah, he kind of disappeared for stretches. But, you know, when, when we were coming into this season, I kind of thought, like, Tristan offensively, can make up for what you're losing with Deshaun. Now, they they have slightly different roles, obviously. Uh, maybe not so much this year because Tristan's playing at the three for the most part. But I thought that, like, offensively, you know, all that stuff, Tristan can do that. And in going back and watching some of that stuff today, and I, I actually tweeted it out from the DMVR Buffs account, um, but I was like, oh, wow. The, he really was polished. You know, that that, that wasn't easy. I think I kind of took it for granted. Because, again, like, I started covering this team. This is my third season. So these last two years, it's been that group. And this transition, I don't think I was quite ready for just how difficult that can be. Um, and, and for Tristan to just jump in and immediately be like, yeah, you're getting double digits for me every night. You know, we're, we're hoping to keep that close to 50%. Might dip down to 33% occasionally. But but we're you're getting those double digits. Like, that was that was potentially unrealistic. And now just seeing it kind of come together, it's like, oh, yeah. It does take a good basketball player to be doing the things that Tristan Da Silva is doing right now because he's he's knocking down threes. He's getting to the rim. Um, he's getting to the free throw line. He's doing all sorts of different stuff. Um, and, and he's just so well-rounded. You know, the there was one pass in particular that really stands out tonight. Um, he, he was at the free throw line. There was a guy kind of like corner of the arc. And he uh, he gets a pass and immediately just drops it behind him. So he's like facing the wing, catches the ball, and immediately puts it behind him. And just a little bounce pass to KJ, who is flying, flying down the court into the paint. Um, and he wanted to go to the rim. Uh, but but it, the, the pass on that little back cut was just perfect. Um, and it wound up being like KJ, there, there, there was help from the other side on the defense, so he couldn't go up for the layup. He winds up kicking it out, and uh, I think, uh, was that Jabari? I think Jabari knocked down a three on that possession, and it all just started with that that little pass on the back cut right there, and there was actually a similar thing that happened maybe five minutes later, except it was Evan passing to cutting Keyshawn in that same spot, and so like, I don't think that's drawn up, but I think it's obviously like an action that they worked on this week. So, I don't know. When you're used to watching Nikola Jokic and all that stuff, is just natural. Like, just like a read that he makes, and it's like, bang, bang, bang. It's all just like in the flow. That's really impressive. It's a little bit less impressive when that's something that you've been working on just because it's like, okay, this isn't him like reading the situation, realizing with the senses. So, I don't know. Maybe there was some of that. Maybe it's just a total coincidence, um, but... That little pass, just beautiful. And there have been some others, too. You know, his his post-entry passes. I think he's probably the best on the team in terms of getting the ball from, like, typically it's a high post to the low post, whether he's feeding Jabari, whether he's feeding Evan. He's so good at it. And it helps that he's six foot ten. He's massive out there and, and can use that height to see over people and pass over people. Once he fills out a little bit, I mean, the sky's the limit. And he's... He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, finishes 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, um, two steals. He he was a he was a plus 29 tonight, plus 29. 
second best on the team, plus 15. Like, they just dominated the Tristan De Silva minutes. And, I mean, he's only a sophomore. There's more on the way from him. And he's just playing so well right now. And it's it's really, really exciting. I'm fired up to watch Tristan De Silva every single time the Buffs take the court. And to be honest, like, when, when everybody's on for this team, Tristan, to me, might be my pick for most fun to watch. Like, KJ's so electric that that's kind of tough to pass up. Obviously, Jabari with the blocks and the dunks and the threes. Like, that's another good choice. Keyshawn, honestly, with the shot making. When he's pulling up from deep and they're going in, that's fun. And then he had a couple of those tonight. But at the end of the day, like, just the way that Tristan De Silva plays the game. Again, maybe this just comes from watching so much Jokic. It's just the the level of skill from somebody that big. It's a lot of fun, and, and it catches defenses off guard. And, you know, when you have some questions as to what you're going to get on a nightly basis from the point guard position, it definitely doesn't hurt to have a playmaker like Tristan De Silva out there. Um, and I, the more they get him in the paint, the happier I'm going to be. I'll say that, too. That's how I'll close this out. Like, I get why they don't just always play him at the four, um, but... The more he's in the paint, I think the better he plays, and that's something I pay attention to. And on top of just like getting bigger and filling out, I think that there's another level of just jumping ability as well that's still there. Just straight up like vertical. Um, I think that that's going to be coming over the course of this offseason, and if it does, I mean, again, that's just really exciting. It's really exciting. And like I said, the the other option for most exciting, and I think this is probably the right option for most exciting tonight, Luke O'Brien, um, so he he's had a, a bit of a role this season. You know, he's he's been typically a part of the rotation. I don't remember any stretches where he just got totally cut out, but there were games where he played four minutes, eight minutes, whatever. Once Eli Parquet went down, he became a very important piece of this rotation. You know, that that's when you see the jump from, you know, typically getting 11 minutes a night, 10 minutes a night, um, but but occasionally dipping down to those really low numbers. That's when things shifted to 15, 16, 15, 18. And then you lose loss and lovering as well. And because of that, you know, it isn't necessarily like a, you know, when, when Elijah goes down, you move Neek from sixth man to your starting two, and that means that Luke goes from maybe like your ninth man probably up to your seventh man. When you lose loss and lovering, you don't see Luke just start getting minutes at the five that directly fill in. But what you see is it just gets cut down to an eight-man rotation because you have, well, nine scholarship players because Will Laughlin is on scholarship now. But he's a walk-on who they had an extra scholarship this year, wanted to give it to him for his senior year. And he is their best walk-on, and he's a really good walk-on. But, again, he's your ninth man in an eight-man rotation. Because you only have those three guys off the bench, Luke O'Brien's playing bigger minutes. 22 against Washington State, then 16, then 21, then 22. Um, Tonight it was... 22 again. So, I mean, I think we think we see what we should be expecting from Luke O'Brien. Uh, 22 minutes. But tonight, I felt like he really broke through. I mean, 
it's easy to say when he scores 14 points, and that's a career high. He had nine earlier this season. He had seven in another game. I think he'd only had five that. So, yeah, I mean, easily the breakthrough game. But the way he did it, you know, he's five of six from the field. He's three of four from three. You know, and, and again, we knew that Luke could knock down threes. We didn't know that he could get hot from three. We didn't know that he could be like a guy who you say, oh boy, get the ball to Luke, he's on fire right now. And if he becomes a 3 and D guy, somebody who you're excited to get the ball to on offense when he's open, that, uh, I mean, that's just one more step. That just, that, that just levels him up one more. And you could say, hey, is he your sixth man? Could he find a way into the starting lineup? I think it's possible. I think that there's a path. You know, he defensively is very good. You know, being six foot eight, being able to guard four positions, that's going to be valuable for any team. And and the because he's gotten these minutes recently, I think we really have seen him level his game up significantly from where it was at the start of the season. And much, much bigger than I mean, leveled way, way, way up from where it was last year. Um and a lot of that, I think, is just physical development. And I think it's a lot of the same stuff you hope that you see from Tristan over the course of the next 12 months or whatever. Um, Luke, though, 11 of the points coming in the second half. Again, big part of that run that kind of sealed the game. Uh, he He's now shooting 49.1% for the season from the field. He's shooting... 55% from three, and again, they're not big numbers. He's 11 of 20 from three this season, uh, but you're just starting to see him become, I mean, you're starting to see what he can do, right? You're, you're starting to say, oh, wow, this is what Tab Boyle saw in Luke O'Brien. This is what he envisioned. This is how he becomes uh, an all-defensive team player and a starter for, for Colorado. The path is there. The path is there, and it's really exciting. Um, I think that that's most of my thoughts here. Uh, but anything else that we run through? Keyshawn, cold shooting night, avoided turnovers, four assists. That's pretty good for him. Um, tied for the team high with Tristan DeSilva and Neek Clifford. Um, probably could have spent quite a bit of time on Neek Clifford. But on, it's kind of like the Jabari Walker thing where it's like 24 and 15. Yeah, cool. You're Jabari Walker and you're playing Oregon State. Like, yes, that's one of his best games ever as a Colorado Buffalo, and it's really exciting. But also, it it makes sense. Like, he's a really good basketball player. Neek Clifford, 14 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. This is right up there with one of his best games. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we expect a lot of really, really good games from Neek Clifford at this point. And... When Luke O'Brien puts up 14 points, that's going to be the storyline at the same time. Um, but but seriously, though, really solid performance from Neek Clifford. Really solid performance from just about everybody. Evan Batty took a back seat, only four points from him, one of four from the field. Um, I think uh, we touched on KJ. Julian Hammond got 15 minutes. Uh, three boards and assists, didn't turn the ball over. One or two from the field has two points. Sure, whatever, sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of the stories of the night, I, it has to be Jabari. It should probably be Neek up there too. Um, but Tristan Da Silva and, and the consistency that he's shown. I mean, you could make a pretty easy case that he was the best player. To, uh, maybe not pretty. Maybe not easy. I don't. I don't know about that. But he he's playing well. Um, 
yeah, I think that that's uh, that's just about it. Uh, good game. Buffs obviously back in action here in a couple days. Uh, Bay Area schools up next, finishing off the road trip with Stanford and Cal. Cal overperforming this year, still uh, still not good, but overperforming. Stanford Buffs haven't seen them in uh, a couple months, but handled them fairly easily when they were in Boulder. Uh, but these are the, these are big games. You know, you're sitting there eight and seven right now. That's good for seventh place in the Pac-12. Actually tied for seventh place, but you have the tiebreaker with Stanford right now. You win that one, you have like that game clear, and who knows? Maybe you can start building, getting in the top half. Probably not going to make it to uh, the, uh, the 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 top four. Get that by, but. It just feels good to get a win like that. It feels like the the world is yours. It feels like everything's open for the buffs going forward. And um, we'll we'll be talking all about it as it happens. So uh, stay tuned for tomorrow. Might talk more about this game. Got some thoughts about these next couple games. And um, potentially some football too. Who knows? Uh, I'll figure that out tomorrow and we'll talk then.